scary movie. Fear is defined as a feeling of agitation caused by the presence or imminence of danger. Why do you think people believe in ghosts? For fun? shows up or, uh, or KJ that can ju uh, just pl uh, plug on in and whatnot. So um, welcome. Uh, this is episode number uh, 16 on Inside Movies Galore. Um, uh, and uh, tonight's guest um, is a very special guest. Hey. And, uh, hello, Dustin. There's Dustin now. Yep. Uh, so, uh, w welcome to the uh, 16th episode where uh, I'm about to interview Darren Wood um, on his uh, f on his three or four films here, um, and uh, also get into a film discussion on John Carpenter's The Thing from 1982. Oh. All right. So, um, Darren, um, welcome to the show. Well. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm I, I I was unable to fix my icon. It's great in the other tab, but it won't update here. So <laughs> it's very mysterious. I apologize about that. That's okay. It gives you a wonderful sense of um, you know being very edgy. It's cool. <laughs> uh, it's, okay. Yeah. We we did this completely on purpose. Then. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how did um, I work. We have a we have a film production company uh, here in Sacramento, California. It's like a DIY thing, uh, low budget films. <laughs> it operates more like more like a well, we call it a cult. Like we use the same actors over and over, we use the same <laughs> over and over, and we kind of call it a cult. It's kind of a group group sort of thing. We're a small enough town. We're not LA. We're a small enough town to where the film community is fairly small here. Um, and we've been doing this for 10 years or so. We do a, a certain kind of, of, of uh, retro feel sort of films. Um, the first one was, this will help you out. The first one was Monster from Bikini Beach. Um, our second one is Planet of the Vampire Women. And then we just did one called um, Badass Monster Killer. And we're currently working on Grunk the Smasher. So they're all they're all yeah they're all genre films, and they all have a they all have a certain um they all have a certain uh, quirky sense of humor that fits. They all fit together in a certain way. Kind of like John Landis schlock kind of sense of humor. Or? Uh, schlock. It's been a long time since I saw that. What isn't that a Kentucky Fried movie type of thing? Um, <laughs> it's basically Bigfoot. But weird. It's hard. It's hard to explain. Uh, yeah, I remember the creature. I remember the creature. I don't know. God, that used to be kind of rare. I I know I saw it at some point. But okay, yeah. But John Landis's sense of humor. Uh, uh maybe. I don't know. It's kind of what we do is kind of its own thing, which is good. We, it's good and bad. You either like it or you don't. But at least it's at least it's its own thing. Uh, it can kind of be summed up. It can kind of be summed up by my favorite scene from that, like at the end. Um, like all the cops show up and just like empty all their guns at the monster, and they totally missed him. And the monster just stands around looking confused, like what was supposed to happen. So yeah. kind of like that. Yeah, I might do that joke. 
I love those. <laughs> they I do it like two more times time. before they actually hit him. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we might think that was funny here. We might do it that way. So, how did you get into the horror genre? Um, what made you choose horror? Uh, I think it's just it's just like you said about watching stuff. But I got to tell you, I mean, we what we do is probably more closely resembles comedy than I. I we've never done anything that's uh, honestly scary. <laughs> um, the first, the first one was a monster movie. What the '60s, like a '60s go-go beach party. Uh, oh yeah, drive-in monster movie. That was the vibe for that. You um, got the guy in the suit, and it's obviously a helmet and fun yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's very much that, that movie. Man. With 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 a surf music for the soundtrack, and <laughs> yes. you know, a lot of bikinis. Um, so that was that was the vibe. And then Planet of the Vampire Women is pretty much like a like a you know, like an old Star Trek episode where, I mean, it was, it was more of a space movie than it was a vampire movie. I got to, you know, is what I'm trying to say. It was more sci-fi. So, and then the, the third one, uh, the badass monster killer was a cross between uh black exploitation genre and uh, the works of HP Lovecraft. So oh, wow. it was kind oh, of my like, shit, yeah. like a cool little mashup, you know, <laughs> this so, sounds um, so promising. What's that? A bikini Go ahead. This sounds so promising. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a monster from Bikini Beach. Um, how did, monster from Bikini Beach, yeah. How did you go about your casting? And uh, um, uh, when you did, um, how did it uh, all come about? Casting? Um, okay, well, we did... For like 14, 15 years, we did a midnight movie festival in our town. Um, and as part of the midnight movie festival, we would do live uh, sketches on stage that were kind of like Saturday Night Live or something. It wasn't exactly like hosted by a host, like a horror host. It was more like a skit um, that would happen on stage. And then we were doing that before the movie. Uh, how's that relate to casting? Is that we would have tons and tons of actors and actresses that would come out and they would go, they would be in these skits and stuff. So you got, you built up a pretty large talent pool right away. So when we were able to do auditions, you know, I got, we could look at 60 people in a day or something like that and just go through tons of folks. And then we build on that because, like I said, we like, I like to use the same people. So once we have that talent pool, that just grows from film to film to film. We add people each time. Okay, and how is your relationship with uh, your cast members? Um, it's all been great. I mean, like I said, they all come back and keep keep uh, keep working awesome. with me. So, so um, yeah. Now, um, what kind of creature effects did you use in um, Monster from uh, Bikini uh, Beach? Bikini Beach was a guy in a suit. <laughs> you know, that's all that. That's all that was. Okay. Um, Vampire Woman, Planet of Vampire Woman was, uh, well, it was it was fake fangs, uh, and we had some creatures on the planet. There was some latex, there was some latex, uh, oh, they were called lightning bats, and they flew around and they attacked people, and they were little latex creations with little flapping wings and stuff um, that flew around on wires and whatnot, and there was also some larger creatures on the planet that were um, suits. As well, and badass monster killer. We did miniature creatures, puppet creatures, um, some CGI, uh, some suits. Because there was a lot of monsters in in badass monster killer, so all sorts of different things. So, um, I have a I have a quick question, if I can interject. As far as um, it sounds like a pretty big, good sized cast, especially for um, you know, larger beach scenes, all, everyone dancing and things like that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. What kind of crew, um, like what size crew did each film end up getting uh, designated to it? Uh geez, that's a good question. Let's see, Bikini Beach, Monster from Bikini Beach was the crew. I want to say was about eight or so. It would be different depending on what, depending on the day. It wasn't a standard thing. We'd have right, right, right. We had the same. We had the same uh, uh, cinematographer, and we had the same uh, sound man, and we had a couple key people that were always there. But the PAs would come and go. They'd be whoever that day. Okay. You know. Okay. 
sometimes you know the actors that weren't in that scene would be down there you know oh right on yeah i've done that cool. that's uh you can get a lot of experience uh you know just volunteering simple stuff like that that's really cool yeah, I mean, so, there's always something that needs to be done. So it's like, you know, right. I, 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 actors that'll just like, you know, grab a smoke machine and pitch in, you know, hey, hide behind a rock and fire off the smoke <laughs> Absolutely. Now, um, how did you come up with uh, the ideas for each of these films? Did you draw some inspiration from some films or? Just stuff I've seen. I mean, very much a product of what, what you see and what you like. So, I mean, everything's kind of a you know, reflection of, I like to think that my brain is a giant percolator and you put all these ingredients in and then it just goes and stuff comes out. But it's kind of a product of what's in there. Like I love, I love old Star Trek. I love classic monster movies. Um, I, you know, that's, that's just my bag. That's where, what I'm into. Cool. Uh, did you have a favorite scene? (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Did you have a, uh, favorite scene from, uh, from either oh. Monster from Bikini Beach, Planet of the Vampire Woman, or Badass Monster Killer? Oh, gosh. Uh, man, the big the big scenes, the big scenes with, with a lot of dancers in it, those are super fun um, to do. They're just super fun to shoot. Um, I, I don't know if I'd call it my favorite scene, based on you know how it turned out or whatever but just the experience of filming it you get to get out there with a a megaphone and uh you know everyone goes you turn on the music and everyone dances and then that one we had great it was great because we also had we not only had the the bikini dancing scenes but we also had the monster shows up at the dance party so we got to run the monster through the crowd and everyone's running everywhere and screaming and stuff that was that was pretty great um Another fun one from Bikini Beach was we wanted to shoot on a bridge um, outside of outside of town. So we found kind of a secluded one, but we didn't have permits for anything. And we needed we needed to shoot at dusk. So we only had about 20 minutes to get. Um, there was two shots we wanted to get where they pull up. A, a caddy pulls up and they cl- climb out of the car and they take a dead body out of the trunk and they throw it over the side of the bridge. So we had oh, wow. one, we had one shot on the up with the car, and then we had the second shot was down below the bridge, so we could see the fake body fall down and into the water. So we only had the two shots, but we only had, like I said, twenty minutes. But the fun part of it was that since we didn't have permits, and we had to stop the Cadillac on the bridge, we had to put guys like with walkie-talkies like a half mile down the road on each side. Uh, of the road and you could you, they'd call in it's like is it clear is it clear okay no there's nobody coming go ahead do the shot that was super fun too just just because they had to you had, had to be on such a tight schedule oh and, wow yeah it was it was a lot of fun cool um was there anything that was difficult for you to do um uh, well, or, that one that was a little bit difficult. Uh, um, they all have their difficulty, I mean, because there's never enough money, so you're always trying to do stuff and scrape it together, and, you know, sometimes, like, um, well, you've seen Badass Monster Killer, um, the sheer amount of, of, of CGI in the, in the post-production was, was probably the most difficult thing I've ever done. Um, that took, like, two and a half years to do, mostly all by myself, and learning curve as well, learning how to do that stuff so I could put it in the movie. So you actually did all of this CGI mostly yourself. I did ninety-five percent of it. There's a I could tell you the things on one hand that I didn't do, uh, but most of it was mine. Cool. Um, and um, even though we talked about it a little bit before uh, we went live, um, you're working on a new uh, new film, right? Yeah, the next one. You know, the next one's going to be called Grunk the Smasher, and I think you know that kind of tells you what sort of movie that might be. Um, it's a spoof, like a sword and sorcery kind of spoof. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Conan the Barbarian, but done, you know, with with our sense of humor, with love, but with our sense of humor. You know, I don't. We've never done that kind of parody thing where you just like pretend to make a bad movie. It's just we never oh, have a movie, so they turn out that way anyway. But it's never the intention to do to do uh, like. Have you seen Black Dynamite? 
Oh man, I love Black Dynamite. I, I do too. Okay. But there's, there's a scene in Black Dynamite where they are intentionally like putting the boom mic in the in the shot. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's okay. They're doing that on purpose to me. It's like we would never do that if the boom mic was there, which it has been. It's never been intentional. It's a different right. sort of humor, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, uh, Black Dynamite had a ton of moments like that, which just kind of nods to Hollywood and sort of the behind the scenes of how films are made. Like they would acknowledge really poor casting choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All That's kinds a funny of scene. jokes like that. Really good stuff. So. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoy it as well. I'm just trying to define the sort of things that the sort of things that we would do. Our sense of humor. Mm -hmm. um, in 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 low budget film, it's because it's for us. Like I said, with with not having any money and everything on a shoestring, it'd be easy just to just to say, oh, it's intentionally bad. Oh, it's intentionally bad. But and it might be bad, but it's not because we were trying to make it bad. We were genuinely. Mm -hmm. I mean, the monster in Bikini Beach looks pretty freaking silly, but it looks that way because that's the way we wanted it to look. It looks almost exactly like the sketch I first made. But you know, for better or worse, but it never was like an intentionally like meant to be bad. <laughs> if that makes any sense, it, I have a hard time with that myself. I try to I try to clarify my thoughts on that. It's like, what exactly is this? What is the aesthetic exactly? And sometimes it's difficult to pin down. I was just uh, checking out the webpage for uh, Inside Movies Galore and the, looking at the artwork for Badass Monster Killer and. Uh, monster from Bikini Beach. Uh, Darren, did you do that artwork? Is that you? I did not. I did not. Who's, who's the artist on that? Because those are pretty... I really like those. I'm not entirely sure what cover you're seeing. Are you seeing for, for Badass Monster Killer? Are you seeing... Badass like, Monster Killer, yeah. he's um His afro like fills up the top. Yeah, it's like a cartoon. The two a women, cartoon. they have a gun and a sword. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a comic artist in our town named Paul Allen, who's... Uh, hmm. He did... Yeah, he did some stuff for... Um, for uh, uh, he actually he and I did a Planet of the Vampire Woman comic book, uh, ad, uh, not an adaptation but a different story set in the same world. Excellent. Um, and he he did the BMK poster for us, and he's uh, he should be doing some grunk art for me coming up now, anytime soon. But yeah, he's cool. The thing that's so great about his stuff is like he's a comic book artist, but it's not like superhero art. It's more like Mad Magazine art, which it fits Absolutely. our sense of humor. It fits our sense of humor so much better. Than if it would be, you know, a straight heroic art, you know. Mm -hmm. nope. Well, I definitely liked the art on the badass monster uh, uh, color cover that I originally got. I uh, got from your uh, your company. So, uh, I, uh, and I like the the art on the new new uh, one that's out on Amazon too. So it's it's definitely unique. Yeah, I I mean, I prefer. I obviously prefer. Like. I obviously prefer what we did. That's why we did it that way. <laughs> the cartoon. <But> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but when we did the when we did the thing with uh, the deal with with Wild Eye uh, releasing, they you know that's how they wanted to do it. So okay, there you go. Mm -hmm. Totally understand. Well, um, did um, did anyone else have anything to uh, ask uh, Darren before uh, we moved on? Um, I'll just reiterate that I'm really excited for Grunk the Smasher. <laughs> um, I just think that's going to be a lot of fun, man. Uh, I'm really looking forward to see what happens with that. Yeah, um, yeah. The, you know what? What's funny is like from from the very beginning when we started doing um, uh, Bikini Beach and stuff like that, we would send it out and we get reviews and we got some pretty good press. We got some good and, and some bad, but a lot of people said that it was fun, um, and and I I found that I really liked that. It was one of my favorite compliments. I'm like, you know, that's a good thing to be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Most yeah. definitely, and I think, I, and I think that's uh, what uh, you kind of intend. Uh, you're supposed to enjoy um, a film, at least to the uh, the a small minimal of expectations. Uh -huh. you're, I mean, no matter what, when you go into uh, to a, a film under the t uh, title that you, uh, that you have, or many other directors have, you're going to expect some. Stupidity right. at, at, at some point, so right? Right, you automatically have to be smart and be like, Okay, oh, this is the kind of movie that I really want, uh, am going to enjoy, or am I going to uh, just piss on it uh, like the rest right. of the world? Right, right, definitely not everyone's bag, that's for sure. 
<laughs> so, well, in any okay, case, from the, little, from the little I've heard about uh, about your movies, like I'm really looking forward to seeing them. So they sound <laughs> they sound at the very least like explosively creative. Um, oh God, I hope uh, so. That's great. That would be great. <laughs> so, hey, uh, Darren, out of um, Darren, out of curiosity, is there anything that you've seen recently that you've um, like particularly liked? Any new releases in theaters that you might like to share? Oh God. No, nothing new, but I've, you know, I've seen, what am I watching? I don't know. I've been wa last week I've been watching old Star Trek. <laughs> which, which series? I really, I'm really all about the, I'm really all about the original. You've got to check out Star Trek continues. Yeah, Next Generation. I've never, I've seen some of those. I, it's just not the same um, yeah. as the, as the original stuff. Um. It had a, I grew up with I, both of them. Yeah, I the thing one of the things I appreciate about the about the original Star Trek series is the is the uh, the writing's generally so clunky and heavy handed <laughs> and uh, and I like that. I find that right. I, I like I like I glorify in tropes and I like cardboard cutout characters. I, I, I like those I like those archetypes, you know. And Star Trek, the original Star Trek's nothing if not that. I mean, the characters are and the you know lights. You gotta uh, you gotta remember most of those buttons on the Star Trek uh, track uh, were definitely look like they were like car parts or or something. Yeah. It does, were. it does absolutely fall along that same line that Darren was talking about before, where even though we know it's, um, you know, a cheaper effect, it's still done very well. It's put together well. It's designed well. So it's, it doesn't look like they just gave up. It looks, you know, very well constructed, and you can just tell what the intention was. So or it's done. It's done in earnest. You know, it's done yes, in earnest. Absolutely. It's not, it, it's not done with a sense of camp or, or whatever. Have you watched um, any of Star Trek Continues? No, I, ha I haven't. I haven't. It's uh, it's online, and what it is is it's uh, Star Trek, uh, original Star Trek fans just like yourself uh, have begun producing episodes that take up where the original series uh -huh. left off, and it's all done in the oh, same style. Right, um, right. I saw some pictures from that. I must have read about that at some point because I remember seeing some sets and some costumes yep. from a, a fan film. I'm like, oh, this looks great. And what they're doing is they're doing the they're doing the old the original series. <laughs> it looks absolutely beautiful. Check it out. Yeah. Well, believe it or not, there's a, a web series that has been going on for many years called Star Trek: Hidden Frontier. Yeah. Uh, and really? I know that's specifically made up of uh, uh, Star Trek fans, and they uh, they do their own episodes and. You know, some of them are really, really clunky, and just—that's beautiful. Uh, you can tell it's independent, but uh, but it, it, you should definitely check out. I, I know they've got like nine seasons out there uh, on the web, web or whatnot. So, so you know, they just put everything into it too. It's it's got to be done with so much love. I, I would love to see well, that. Well, the, the last couple of years, they actually got relatively good. You know, yeah. It's, it, it, I mean. Everyone is a fan from, from some aspect of that. So, uh, right. In any case, uh, moving on to uh, tonight's uh, film uh, is John Carpenter's The Thing from 1982. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, really, um, really, really quick, uh, my favorite Star Trek movie is Galaxy Quest, and that's about as far as I go. <laughs> 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 Oh. No, it's not Star. I just it's made a, I just made a new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've seen uh, but, the um, clip where Picard says "Shut up, Wesley," and whaps him. But that's that's about that's about it for Star Trek content for me. <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. You should see the supercut. Yeah. Shut up, Wesley. Shut up, Wesley. Shut up, Wesley. Wow. I think my love of Star Trek would be actually be any inappropriate to share right here, but I love it a lot. No, by all means. I mean, <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. It was, it was happening. <laughs> no, no, I'll I'll say the story Explain. for off air. <laughs> Explain. Oh, it turns out I also have a lot Sad. of thing memorabilia too. So when it's my turn, I I'll turn the camera on and show that stuff off. Excellent. <laughs> Alrighty, so um, when did you first see uh, the thing? 
Oh, gosh. I think I was actually in um, high school. Um, but it was one of those moments where like, I'm just flipping through channels, like looking through the TV guide and I landed on, I was like, Oh, Kurt Russell right on. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I'll, I'll just turn it on. Um, I wasn't super big into John Carpenter, uh, at the time. So start watching the thing and it is majestically disgusting. <laughs> and I fell in love with it and I was just like, this movie is fantastic. So I would tell my friends about it and, oh, great. um, yeah, I, I told all my buddies, I was like, we got to watch that thing. It's a great movie. This happens. But um, very recently, um, a new love has come into my life, uh, the video game Dead Space, which has a ton yes. of nods, a ton of nods to the thing. And now shit. here I am talking about it again. And so it's just kind of come in this nice circle in my life. So hey, I think it was like early high school is when I first saw the thing, uh, something like that. I beat that on like that super high difficulty that had the hundred and fifty some point achievement. Oh that man, was a terrifying no. um, experience. Oh gosh, that movie is it, the the game is absolutely terrifying and it like encompasses the the sort of rhythm that uh, the thing has, where you're more scared of the people you're with than the things you've been fighting, and when they do encounter, they hit you hard, fast, and loud, and it just totally throws you for a loop. Um, well, try it. Try it where every attack oh, is man. Oh, wow. Even so. with all your upgrades. No, but, um, and uh, like, I would say a few weeks ago, I sat down and watched uh, John Carpenter's um, uh, Vampires again, uh, too. And um, then you asked me, you know, come on and talk about the thing. And John Carpenter's just making his way back into my life. So that's really cool. Whew. Uh, right on. Yes, it's a great uh, moment. Um, it's a great moment for me. So. <laughs> when, when did you first um, the thing? Uh, Probably in high school as well. I don't really. I don't have a clear memory of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. What were your thoughts about uh, the film? Oh, you know, it's funny. What'd you say? Grossly, majest majestically gross. Majestic gross. Majestically yeah, gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that you know to follow up on that. I mean, one of those wonderful things about the thing and the the grossness and the effects and whatnot. You look back. And it was really the peak of practical effects, practical mm -hmm. core effects. Um, I think that the, the guys, Rob Bolton and the guys that were working then had really, and the werewolf movie that had, the werewolf uh, movies that had come out around the same time, they, all that stuff had really peaked at the time. And I think it's, it's, it's on display and it's, it's wonderful in the mm -hmm. thing. I mean, such, so many inventive creature things are going on and they, they look so wonderful and gooey and gross. You know, <laughs> Absolutely. And it's a really alive. It's a wonderful right. nod to the work that uh, you know art departments can do for films, especially the surgery scene where he's cutting uh -huh. the thing open all the uh -huh. way down to the center. You know, you got to turn to an art department and say something like, "I need you to design this alien from the very tip of the outside all the way to the middle because we're going to cut yep. it open and show yep. it to everybody on film." So, yeah. um, I would I would have loved to have been in that room as they were coming up with that concept. That would have been amazing. So. Yeah. I would have liked to have been in the room when they came up with the concept of the tentacles coming out and they coming out like vines to grab onto them. Oh man. I'd like yeah. to have been in the room when they were done shooting and part of the creature could mysteriously disappear. Yeah. <laughs> the upside down walking head. Right. Yeah, that was Just my yeah. casually making his way out. Just love right. stuff. Yeah. Like I want to meet the people that come up with these things. Yeah, it's Some, just awesome yeah. stuff. So, um, Celeste, um, when was your first encounter with the thing? I was in college. It was sometime when I was in college, and I was dating this guy, and it was one of his favorite movies. We didn't really share the same movie taste. So I was like, I'm really not into snow. I don't like thinking about being cold. I went to California to college to get away from snow. Not really my thing. So I resisted it forever, and finally he's like, no, you have to watch this movie. So I watched it. And I had to eat my words because I loved it. And I was like, you're right. This is a good movie. It's actually uh -huh. really good. So, Okay. Um, Dustin, um, what was, uh, what, when was your first time watching this? Uh, well, okay. I'm going to show off my stuff, uh, what I'm done with this real quick. But uh, well, my first time seeing it was around 2012 when I started to really explore horror. Because um, I had heard of it. And I'd seen like clips here and there, but I'd never actually seen it. And the first time I saw it, I didn't necessarily like it that much because I felt it felt like it dragged like really badly. 
Um, but as my tastes kind of, as my tastes evolved, uh, as I explored the genre more, I came to really enjoy and appreciate like the creature itself. Uh, and so now it's it's kind of one of, I have my movie collection sort of set up by tiers, and it's in my top tier. Um, yeah. I've seen it quite a few times. I have to say, anytime someone says, show you my stuff with a webcam involved, I get concerned. <laughs> <laughs> show me what you got. Well, me the money. Show me what you got. <laughs> right, well, first of all, there's Shut Factory's really, really good release of it, which <laughs> Arrow, I think Arrow US did a release recently too, but, you know, how could it have been better than that? And I spun for the expensive edition, which came with an extra slipcover and poster, uh, which I really like this art better. That is crazy. Um, I don't know if it's... You can maybe see the actual poster um, kind of over there under the flag. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty tough. Under uh, the Assassin's Creed flag? Yeah. yeah. I am so happy somebody recognized that. Oh yeah, <laughs> and so I uh, I go to a lot of like used film places, and oh, I found this at I think Goodwill. It was like two bucks. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have I didn't have the time to play through it, so I just watched somebody yes. long play it. Um, Beautiful. So I've actually seen the game happen. Um, Maybe the best thing I have is I ran into this at Half Price Books. It's a hardcover novelization uh, by Alan Dean Foster. And it actually has, I'm assuming it was written off of like the original screenplay. Like it has a couple scenes that aren't in the movie, um, oh. including what they described as what would have been like a way too elaborate effect shot, which uh, we can kind of get into later. Um, and then I have the actual thing, kind of. <sighs> Cool. Wow, it's really hard to show oh. this off of glare. <laughs> it's like the, uh, it looks like Very cool. that one old guy in the gym locker room. <laughs> He's just standing over there, like reading a book or something. It's gross. <laughs> I haven't been in so, that kind of locker room. I hope, I hope. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what happens in women's locker there. room. Kind there of are usually no old guys. Just female things. So basically, I hope not. <laughs> I remember sitting on a rent cover from a blockbuster years ago, and I, I did. And the, the funny thing is, it came out the, the same year that my sister was born. <laughs> so, uh, um, I always refer to her as the thing. But uh, right. <laughs> I was in playing case, Zombies Ate My Neighbors when my brother was born. I kind of associate him with that game too. Nice. <laughs> but, the, thing. Uh, um, the thing about uh, the th uh, thing that gets me, it's, it's in a stark Arctic wasteland, pretty much. Uh, and uh, it starts out, you know, very barren. And uh, the, uh, then as you see the people uh, come in, and uh, the, the thing that I noticed uh, while I was Rewatching it just recently is how young uh, Kurt, uh, Kurt Russell uh, looks in the film. That you know? baby face. That, exactly. Oh like, man. Not exactly Disney, but uh, but even fully bearded, you know? fully bearded, <laughs> long hair. He still just had this very you know cherub like baby Geico face. Yeah, look. Geico caveman looking dude. Yeah. Looks like my friends who play magic. Madison. <laughs> wow. No, very but, um, I think, uh, David. I, think, yeah. uh, I think I uh, think I started getting uh, when I first watched it. I know I definitely looked at animals a different way. Right. Um, oh, that, that reminds me. Um, if I could interject uh, very quickly, I, I'd like to give a shout out at this point to two cast members, um, the unspoken heroes of the film, Larry Franco, who played the Norwegian passenger with rifle. That's how he's credited. Is also and the producer. Is it really? <laughs> I missed that. Franco's <laughs> the producer, yeah. And uh, Jed, Jed, who played the dog thing. Oh, there you go. 
Jed, I thought was fantastic. That that was that's my favorite scene. Yeah, the the husky that they put in the cage with the other dogs, and he's just sitting there like a shot. Yeah, right. that no. Well, I didn't like the part where he got shot. I thought that was sad. I don't like when anybody does, but like when he's in the cage and they're all just looking at each other, and that that you know that shepherd tone just runs through the whole thing. Um, yeah, definitely one of my favorite scenes in the entire film. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Uh, but is that your favorite scene? Yes. I'm going to go with yes. I'm going to take yes on that one. Um, okay. Yeah. So, Celeste, what was your favorite scene of the film? I'm not sure I had a favorite scene exactly. I had a favorite thing, which I loved the paranoia. And I loved how much they were all trying to figure out who was and wasn't the thing. So I really liked the scene where they were, this any scenes where oh. they were discussing that or trying to work through that. Okay. Those um, stood out to me. Yeah. Darren. Did you have a specific scene? I would, I would pick the 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 blood test. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. I would pick. I, that. I have to agree with that because that's kind of uh, a, standout, that, a standout moment. <laughs> That was, that, one was of the, that was one of the big moments that caught me off guard um, because I knew that they did a blood because it had been so long since I'd seen it. Uh-huh. I knew they did a blood test. But you, I forgot knew, which one, you forgot which yeah. one. Yeah. So after they did it like four times, I was like, oh, wait, did the blood test work or not? I forget. Uh-huh. Bam. And then it just pops out of the Petri dish. And it, it legitimately scared me. I actually yeah. jumped in my in my seat. It was awesome. Yeah. It's like the real deal jump scare, right? <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. That John Carpenter, he's going to go places. <laughs> I have a, I have a, I have a, a question, Darren. Um, uh-huh. What did you think about the the prequel without going into any more explanation about the... Uh, oh, well, you know, you know, you know me. I always love Norwegians, so... You know, <laughs> um, all right. For it just because of that, you know. But no, it was, it's all right. It's all right. I mean, I, the problem, I think sometimes... You get these these uh, these CGI creatures, and they sometimes will leave them on screen too too long. You know, it's like make that shot okay. like quicker, and it'd be a little bit better. But that's just technical complaining. I think it's a wonderful monster movie. The the twi- the twisting at the end, and like like you said, the paranoia of who's the thing. I mean, that's all. It's all there. So. I actually agree with you because um, I actually think that it kind of tied in with the uh, the film to come. So, uh, but that's yeah, uh, all that I'll actually say about the film before before we actually talk about it. A much more interesting uh, a much more interesting concept than just doing a straight remake. You know, it's like, right, hey, what right. happened? To, what happened to the Norwegians? You know, it's like, okay, that's kind of cool. I kind of want to know that. And I, I liked seeing it. I liked seeing it ship and everything at the end. Um, uh-huh. I used to be in like science fiction book club, and one of the first books I had. This was when I was a kid. I barely remember any of it. Uh, was it was a bunch of illustrations of like books of like monsters from sci-fi books, and there was an illustration for the thing, and it was kind of like half the dog and then half something completely indescribable and alien. Yeah. Um, and when the thing morphs for the last time at the in its spaceship and like all the tendrils come out of its head it's like oh there it is uh so i really enjoyed that about the movie about the remake otherwise i thought it fell for the most part totally flat on its face yeah what did uh, what does anyone think about the uh the supposed tie-in with the thing from another world um i mean you know ostensibly it's 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 a it, it's it's a remake of that, I guess. Um, although the source material is a short story called "Who Goes There," um, and yeah. and the 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 Carpenter thing is much closer to the source material than the thing from another world is. Um, the 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 "Who Goes There," I mean, it implies like that paranoia. It implies like who is the creature? You know, the shape, right, the shape right. thing, and that that and none of that element is in the 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 fifties thing, which I love too. But it's a whole different sort of a movie. It was really interesting. Like I actually thought to myself um, um, before starting watching it, like counting, I wanted to see like what the big difference was between the number of times the monster attacked oh, and the number wow. of times people attacked each other. Uh huh. And it just became extraordinarily apparent, like right in the middle of the film, that I realized I was like, the monster has not attacked for like 15 minutes. 
and people are fighting. People yeah, are fighting, people fighting amongst themselves. themselves. So the monster yeah. is treated more like this cursed. In that respect, it, it, it yeah. almost because in that respect, it almost became almost something like Twelve Angry Men. Yeah, more psychological, <laughs> like much more psychological. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, and you know the fifties, the fifties thing. I mean, they do a real great job of like the science guys fighting with the military guys, and yeah. you know, they, 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 there's a lot of conflict between the characters in there for sure. Um, from from kind of my impression, uh, I haven't seen things from another world, but sort of my impression was. Of it was like looking at the two, like John Carpenter's thing versus thing from another world. You can just toss thing from another world like away, like it doesn't exist. Um, was but, that was in the same, how sharp the quality increased the to the new thing? From another, in the same respect, the thing from another world was uh, the first adaptation of the absolutely, and uh, it. it it definitely, to me, holds up in its own realm of, uh, you know, 1950s uh, people. They, 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 and they had a different concept of thinking uh, around that time. And uh, anything that was strange and abnormal, uh, you know, was quite a new concept to them. So communism. It, it, well, <laughs> there, there, uh, there was a lot of, you know, uh, conflict. I mean, many of the films started because of, of, of the atomic age. So, you know, uh, Godzilla um, started because of basically Hiroshima. So, right. um, and uh, the fear of the unknown. I agree. Uh, I, but in that uh, case, go ahead. From, from that perspective, um, I think a more tactful way to say it was that uh, Carpenter's version of the same story did everything so much better than the first attempt to adapt the story that you don't really need to consider the original adaptation. That was That's a more tactful way of uh, explaining kind of what I meant. Okay. So, but uh, anyone else have anything? Uh, one, oh. th- one, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go oh. for it. Uh, the first time I... S- oh, yeah, I, I already did that. I couldn't remember. Okay. Oh. Um, I will. I will. Uh, I will mention one more scene, and again, it's going to be with the dog. Um, to to kind of touch on again, give props to the crew and just designers and everybody. Um, was the um, what I'm calling the superstitious dog scene. Um, I thought I, I noticed this particular sound design is as they were going from room to room to room, the the music. Uh, changed um, how loud it was, so you could tell like how far away from the music you actually were. Oh, so that... as this dog oh. is moving through the space, the music changes, and it was it was really nice to kind of um, uh, f- like follow his curiosity where uh-huh. his eyes were going, and with very little dialogue, like barely any dialogue in the first part of the film. Um, it's all sound and movement, and it really forces you to focus. And that was by far one of my favorite sound design moments in film, next to um, um, the uh, the scene from Ghost with Patrick Swayze. So <laughs> now I remember. I remember what I was trying to say. Now uh, my favorite scene know. was just uh, with the defibrillator when the chest opens up because <gasps> I did not expect Whoa. that at all. Um, <laughs> Another one I forgot about, like the blood test. Yeah, that one was. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> scared me to death. That was great. It didn't scare me. It just really, really surprised me. It's like what? <laughs> it's oh, like very. Cool. It's like very violently remembering. You're like, oh yes, okay, that happens. All right. <laughs> it's like I, wonderful. Depending on the context, I kind of like mean spirited tricks, um, and that seemed to make it like really far. It's like yes. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys saw, but in the, um, the in the little group chat that we have, uh, Darren, you said something earlier. You were like, well, I always liked Norwegians. Uh, right. I said that. Um, I posted a picture from uh, a movie called The Good Old Fashioned Orgy um, with, uh, with uh, Tyler Labine, and he's wearing a shirt that says, life's too short to not to be Norwegian. So uh, not to be Norwegian. I'm going to try to track Beautiful. that one down. I'm going to try to track that one down for you, see if I can get one to you. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I was trying to show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got it. Trying to, do, 
the screen share. <laughs> but right yeah, on. a screen share. But in any case, um, did anyone else have anything else to uh, talk about with uh, this film? No, about great the, movie the, though. The thing, um, gosh, okay, I got a wacky story. I've got we, two. We used to have these. We used to have these. We used to have these debates about um, who who was an alien at the end. Who was the thing at the end? It's uh, Kurt Russell. It's and, uh, you know, that's what they say. And recently, I came across. Okay, so you're you're hip to what I'm talking about here, right? Yeah, they, they like, made comic sequels. One or the other an alien, right? And it's like, okay, all these theories are like, well, look, when you watch Childs, you can't see the steam from his breath, so he must be an alien. They must have did that on purpose. It was a hint. And then I ran across a, a, a thing with Keith David, and he's like, no one ever said anything like that to any of the actors on set at the time. And if the, if there was a difference between his breath showing and Kurt Russell's, his breath not showing, Kurt Russell's breath showing, he said, it must have been just because he was closer to the fire. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's uh, there's another theory, too, that uh, when they share the drink, um, but it's like gasoline in there, and yeah, like, yeah, he that takes one, the that drink one's... and just like holds it in, right. because the thing wouldn't know that that's not something you're supposed to drink. Right, right. That's all part. That's all part of this weird, this weird theory. See, me, I uh, uh, watching it um, most recently. I came to the conclusion it was my personal hope that they both were not infected. Uh huh. But that's where no, I leave it too. But there's no possible way for them to know that for sure. So they just have to make the safest decision. It's the decision that you know, like a scientist would make. You know. Yeah, was, I, you know, yeah. it's funny. Is I've I've heard uh, I've heard Carpenter I talk several times. Uh, and I get the impression that he doesn't care whether one way or another. He he he's happy to have you to it, it just be ambiguous. I think he um, has actually said that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember running across that, but I also know that I saw him speak at Fangoria. Yeah. Um, and he and someone asked a question from the audience. He said, "Hey, if there was a thing sequel, what would you do?" And he said that there was a Dark Horse comic out based on the thing and he said he would do exactly that and oh, i don't man. have those i don't have those comics so i don't know what that story is but i have it, it i have it in a, a one file i have it in a one volume like cbr file like a comic yeah. file it's like yeah. 300 pages and it's several different stories do you guys want that because i can try yeah. and send it to you oh yeah Go but does it. that does that indicate whether or not child's is the is the, the thing or if child turns in, child turns into the thing and attacks him like pretty quickly Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, then here, then I've got you know I've got Carpenter saying he would do exactly what they did in, in Dark Horse. Did anyone uh, realize the, uh, the voice of the chess computer that was in there? Oh gosh. The no, who was that? actually done by uh, John Carpenter's then wife, Adrian Barbo. Oh okay. wow! From Swamp Thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah, she was in the Swamp Thing. She's in Creep Show. She's in all kinds of I stuff. I thought that was unique to read about before the show. That's magnificent. Huh. <laughs> I don't think and, he handled um, losing very well, though. That was, you and know. also that Bill Lancaster like is the son of Burt Lancaster, and he was the, the guy who wrote the screenplay. Oh, oh, fantastic. Speaking of the screenplay differences and whatnot, uh, so in the novelization that I have, uh, you know, this thing, uh, there's a scene where they try to escape the compound, and so it takes place like out like on the ice. Uh, I can't quite remember everything that happens because it's rather long and involved. Like one of the guys like takes like a snowmobile and they track him down and he's killed by the thing. Um, except it's become this gigantic like serpentine monster under the ice and it just like pulls him under and they kill it with a flamethrower. But it's this like very elaborate. Kind of incredible scene, really, and it's of course it's not in the movie. And do you believe? Do you believe that's why that's cut? Was one of the things that was cut because of budget? Exactly. I believe yeah. that. I believe that was explicitly mentioned as you know it was in. We couldn't figure out how to do it, uh, basically, right. because the Shout Factory DVD came with an unbelievable amount of stuff, and somewhere in there, I could have swore somebody mentioned that, but it was really cool. And actually, the the last boss in the video game, um, I think, is pretty close to what I envisioned that particular creature looking like. It's just like this towering thing from under the ice. 
And you kind of see a little bit of it, of that sort of thing, too, at the end, like where the Blair monster comes out and it's, like, ripping up the floor. Yeah. Uh, which, that's actually what this figure, figure is. Um, there's another one, the Norris creature, and it comes with, like, the eyeball stalk monster. Um, cool. I need, I still need to get that. Um, like, it goes for between 35 and 50 on eBay. Uh, and there's somebody, there's somebody that has a couple of them to sell locally, but, you know, they interpret that as, you know, $95, no, no breaks. So we should start a uh, Kickstarter to raise money so that we can do like a complete George Lucas remastering and put in a lot of really bad CGI so that we can have that scene. <laughs> that would be magnificent. I'd go well, for that. Well, we already have the 2011 one. Do we really need more of that? <laughs> I liked I it. Mind. The remake, I liked it. It was, it was all, I can't say it was a bad movie, but I can't really call it a good movie. And, and I wouldn't hard. exactly call it a remake either. It, no. It's a prequel. No, it is a really. spun out prequel. There's uh, a story about that. The, the remake, uh, have you seen a film, it's called Harbinger Down? Nope. Okay, that I was watched it yet, but I can definitely, I, I definitely heard quite a lot about what, it. What, the, what happened was the guys that did the practical effects on the Thing remake were disappointed that so much of their work was cut out and replaced with CGI that they wanted and they put together enough money to make Harbinger down, and it was essentially the stuff that they had worked out for the Thing. Oh, wow, okay. But it's it's really, cool. it's very similar. They're trapped nice. on a boat in the middle of the ice, but the script, you're watching it and you're going like, God, this is just like the thing. This is just like the thing. It's like, oh, of course it is, you know. Well, it is Lovely. the thing. <laughs> so, anyways, that's kind of interesting, and and I, I don't, I didn't like the person all that much, but it's kind of an interesting story. The the thing where it couldn't copy like inorganic material, and they were finding like people's fillings. That was pretty cool. I, I enjoyed that. I, I like that too. And she had an earring at the end or something. Isn't that wasn't didn't that happen? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Um, Oh, another thing that I desperately want to get resolved. So this is for my friend Andrew, who I know listens sometimes. Um, you better visit in October, by the way. Uh, so who would win, the thing or the blob? Like, if they came into contact with each other, Ooh. would the thing copy the blob before the blob could dissipate the thing? <laughs> okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start because this is how I would break it down. I think the thing would win because I, I I think the thing would be strong enough to survive long enough to assimilate some of the particles of the blob and it then from there it would just be unstoppable. I think it would I think it would do all right. I think the I think the thing. I'm gonna go with the thing. I think they'd end up having babies. Uh, <laughs> Don't be gross, Celeste. <laughs> That's how you get monster babies. Real mature. <laughs> that would be an interesting film. Right, the blob thing. <laughs> the blob thing. I think on some level it would vary depending on like what version of the blob you had. Like 1950s alien blob versus yes. 1980s super microorganism blob. I think super I personally think super microorganism blob loses to the thing, but I think 50s blob actually beats the thing because it See, would dissolve the cells as they're coming into contact with it, so it wouldn't have time, right? But the thing is, even if even if one particle of the blob assimilates, then that means the thing can replicate it perfectly and essentially do what it's trying to do. It would still take over. It would still take... I'm And yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going with the 1950s thing, and I still think... Uh, a 1950s blob, and I still think the thing would win. I, I think so too, because uh, the thing is an ever-changing, ever-evolutionizing, you know, creature. And oh, it, it also, I can have. Oh, sorry. Go on. Go ahead. Oh, uh, go ahead. Andrew found Andrew. Also, uh, we saw the thing at around the same time together, and he found this extremely long, like fanfic um it was basically the movie from the thing's perspective and they tried to like give it a night they kept, kind of try to give it like a motivation i guess um I in this fanfic, heard about that i still I think it, i've heard it's about long that. but it's very it's very very long but it's pretty good mm -hmm. uh, 
so essentially, the thing comes from a world where all life is multicellular. Uh, okay, not not quite. Hello. On the things world, uh, connect can connect with each other. Like everything on oh, okay. the planet is like the thing. Like all the cells are individual, are individual conscious beings, and they like move together. Uh, mm -hmm. And the thing is just amazed that you know the the humans are individual entities despite being made up of cells like that really freaks the creature out <laughs> it's like you can't just split up oh my god they're trying they're trying are they trying to make like uh, the bad guy a little bit of a good guy in some way like have um, you empathize with him is it kind of like maleficent oh no the thing is uh -oh. the thing is still pretty <laughs> malevolent it's just kind of it has a very different perspective from evil but deep um uh, I don't know necessarily evil, more it's like, you know, I'll show this planet, you know, the way things should be. Oh. Uh, by making them into life forms like me. Freaking fascist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I about that. Fascist thing. <laughs> All right. So, uh, did anyone else have anything else to add? Um, Celeste, should we talk about um the fact are about our film thing that we want to do we're doing films <laughs> we want to we're uh celeste and i are collaborating to try and shoot a um like a slasher short film we're going to do like a series of just little short store like little vignettes of slasher movies <laughs> and uh try to have that come out so yeah starring uh yours truly celeste right right yeah cool i have a so. chainsaw Kind of nice. That's one of the best scares at a haunted house. To even even now, um, is just a chainsaw with the chain removed on it. Yeah. You have some guy who's just got that thing, you know, perfectly built. You take one pull on it and it starts up. You just gently rub the bare metal on the back of like someone's leg, so there's no chain whatsoever. I've never seen people jump and run so fast in my life. It's fan It's the best scare. It's the best Spare time. Moment, please. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> oh no, is he getting his chainsaw? <laughs> oh, no, oh no, of course, <laughs> of course we're all doomed. We're all doomed. And, and all of a sudden, we uh, we hear screaming and blood curdles. And that's how Regina George died. <laughs> no, oh man, it's not. Oh, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Oh my god. God, I love this thing. Oh no. Oh man. Alrighty. Well, I'm gonna wrap this up here. Um Alrighty. before we all get murdered. Uh, I like you. I wouldn't murder you. Uh, that's Who are you uh, anyway? That's, that's what uh, that's what uh Anthony Perkins said to his mother. <laughs> Well, if you read the book, he totally, he totally killed her himself. Did you read the book? You know Robert Block's book? Yeah. You don't get knighted by murdering people. <coughs> Alrighty. Um, Darren, why don't you tell us, uh, just uh, at the end here, we we kind of tell a, a little bit about uh, what some of us do so that the audience kind of knows what we do in film or whatnot. So, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about you? Um, stuff like, uh, well, I'm, I'm a writer-director out in Sacramento, California with a, a, a film production company. We're just starting on our fourth feature film, um, Grunk <coughs> the Smasher. Like that kind of thing? Is that what you want? Yeah. Um, and what, what the name of your company is and, you know, what, oh, yeah. if, if there's anything else that you'd like to say. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're TFO Productions. We're located out of Sacramento, California. The films are Monster from Bikini Beach, Planet of the Vampire Women, Badass Monster Killer, and upcoming is Grunk the Smasher. And um, I think the Badass Monster Killer is on Amazon Prime right now, so you can look that up there. Okay. Really? All right. Um, 
And uh, Zach, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? Uh, <coughs> Absolutely. Uh, Zach McLean. I'm based out of Milwaukee. Um, I'm an actor, filmmaker, uh, writer, and photographer, um, among many other things. Um, I do a little design as well. Um, uh, and uh, recently, I've uh, been part of the launch of a company uh, called Duck in Munich Creative. Um, that also um, is uh, that's a collaboration with uh, Nate Haven from Haven Media Works. Um, a lot of people in Milwaukee know, probably. Nate. Yeah, absolutely. I oh, I love working with Nate. He's fantastic. Just a lot of editing, doesn't he? He he does. Uh, he does editing. He's a he's a cinematographer. He does gear rental. He's a great great collaborator. If you're writing on something new, yeah, and he's he also um, he, yeah he worked with Melanie um, on the, uh, a filmmaker. Uh, who worked on a short film called Two Rivers? I, I think. Oh yeah, 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 um, yeah. We're, um, that film. we're working on um, uh, a series based off of that. Actually, is that's been I've been working with Nate on that. Um, he worked with Chris Emmons oh, on cool. The Survivor. Um, he was a DP and cinematographer for that film, and um, uh, he, he, myself, and then our third uh, collaborator for Duck in Munich. Uh, Tawny Thompson, who's the fight choreographer and um, just a really brilliant actress and uh, just kind of leader in general. Um, uh, she does fight choreography for Dueling Arts International. She's certified in weapons, hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat, knives, all that kind of fun stuff. So if Grunk the Smasher needs a fight captain... <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say that. I got, a, I got some sword yes, fights. Absolutely. She can help you with it. And um, a really good friend of mine. She's actually going to be the best woman at my wedding. So Excellent. Really? Yeah, nice. I'm really excited. So, so yeah, a little bit of a, a whole bunch of stuff. So, yeah. Alrighty, Celeste, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit, a bit about you and what you do? I'm Celeste. I am the co-host on the horror host show, Deadgers Dark Coffin Classics, that is based out of Kenosha, Wisconsin. If you would like to look up our stuff, we have most of our latest shows online at vimeo.com slash ddcc. Or you can Google Deadgers Dark Coffin Classics. You can look us up on Facebook. We have a website. We're, we have some older shows on YouTube. We kind of moved away from YouTube a little. And I am also the host for the Glamour Junkies Burlesque Troupe out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Awesome. Uh, Dustin, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Huh? Oh, uh, well, I live in Milwaukee. I go to UWM. And I collect movies. And other things, as you've seen, uh, uh, kind of have a problem. Like chainsaws, right? <laughs> yeah. Now what you need is the Black Maria, right? Hey, Ooh. that thing is so damn popular at parties. <laughs> like, you wouldn't believe it. Uh, uh, I need to get a real Jason mask, though, um, instead of a really funny <laughs> one. Um, like, it's kind of great. Like, last year, my costume was Stanley Decker the Chainsaw Maniac from Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Um, he's basically, he's dressed like Jason, except, like, with the hockey mask, and he's got, like, a black muscle, muscle shirt and a chainsaw. He's just, like, a oh, mashup geez. of, like, a bunch of different characters. Um, also, probably the most annoying enemy in the game. And I think maybe one person actually got the reference, but, um, but, yeah, anyway, so, I just like talking about movies and can't really be stopped. So. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Here too. Uh, my name is David Stregi. Oh, I run. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, David. I'm gonna don't mean to interrupt you. Um, Celeste, the Glamour Junkies. They have a show this Saturday, don't they? We do. We have a show on this Saturday at Quarters in Milwaukee. Check it out. 10. Yes. Thank you. Where's that? Sorry, I wanted a shameless plug. It's sorry. in River West. <laughs> okay. Awesome. I have. Um, I got invited to some politician's birthday party. I think that's Saturday. This will be more party. fun. Boo! Not cool! <laughs> I'm not disqualified. <laughs> You're disqualified. <laughs> Sorry, David. Well, Thanks. My name, go ahead. No problem. Um, my name is David Stregi. I run Movies Galore Milwaukee. Um, also write the same blog. Um, and uh, uh, I now host this. Uh, which is inside movies galore. Um, I'm also a somewhat small-time pr uh, producer, um, and uh, as I've said last couple of episodes, uh, I am the producers of Brad Twig's uh, newest feature coming out in uh, 2018, Wrestle Massacre. Definitely look out for that. Uh, uh, that definitely supposed to be really cool with uh, the Cuban. 
and um, starring in it, I believe. So, uh, Very cool. definitely um, look out for that uh, later on next year. So, um, uh, tune in um, uh, next week uh, for uh, another discussion. We're going to be doing The Exorcist. Uh, so nice. Dustin's favorite oh. film. Uh, excellent. Excellent, man. That's going to be fun. Well, this will be my fourth time seeing it, and I'm assuming it'll be the fourth time I've fallen asleep in the middle of it. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. That's in any case, hopefully you guys have enjoyed this episode. Darren, thank you for coming on the show. Hopefully you had fun. Um, and... Uh, um, hopefully, uh, maybe sometime in the future you can come back again. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say this is really fun. Uh, have me back when we're like in the middle of Gronk, you know, like six months from now or something. Absolutely, yeah, most, yeah, yeah. most definitely. Uh, I'll, uh, and we'll, we'll see if there's like a, a movie that you'd like to talk about that we haven't talked about. So. Excellent, <laughs> awesome. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, say good night. Good night. Good night. Good night, good night, good night everyone. Coming <laughs> for you in the night. Nice job, Kermit. Thank you. 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 <laughs>